Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Noise in Brief. PR Week UK's fortnightly podcast series where we discuss the biggest industry news stories from the past week in a bite-sized format. I'm Siobhan Holt, news editor of PR Week UK and today I'm joined by our reporters Eliza Radu and Evie Barrett. As some of you may know, PR Week and people like us have joined forces on the Pay Gap project and it's returning for a third year. This is a project which urges UK PR agencies to provide data on their ethnicity and gender pay gaps. PR Week UK editor John Harrington has spoken to David Fraser, who is the founder and managing director of Ready10, about why it's worth getting involved this year. David, so good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Firstly, I wanted to ask why you think it's important for agencies to provide data for the Pay Gaps project. Yeah, thanks. Hi, John. I don't think any of these reasons are particularly new or revolutionary to anyone. The first is fairness. I think it's the fair thing to do. I don't want to appear too grand about it, but I would like to live in a world and my kids to grow up in a world that's fair and where people are not judged or discriminated against for things that they can't control. And we don't need to talk about thousands, hundreds of years of history in this area. But the fact of the matter is this survey and surveys like it exist to create a better, fairer industry. And I believe that's a good thing. So that is one of the reasons why I think it's really, really important to do that for it to be fair. Another one is accountability. And I know this is a word that is used a lot, but it's really important and it's vital. And as a business owner, it is vital to our staff that we are accountable to them. And it's vital to our clients that we're accountable to them. I suppose it is also quite important to me that I'm accountable to myself, that I can be comfortable with the decisions that we're making as a business, that I can look at myself in the mirror and so on. And we want to hold ourselves to high standards. Sometimes holding ourselves to high standards, I guess, means that 
you're doing things that are a little bit out of your comfort zone, which certainly this was when we first did it. And I guess to some degree still is, but it's just really, really important. So I would probably say those two reasons, the accountability reason, and it's just fair and the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously you've taken part in the project for the last two years and you'll be doing so this year as well. So that's brilliant. What impacts do you think it's had on the business and the staff and in sort of general terms to your operation? So some and none, I would say, is the answer to that. The none bit is in a good way. This survey isn't published and then ta-da, all of a sudden we're seen as these amazing people in this amazing agency or if the results are bad, we're seen as this kind of bastion of evil. Actually, you do it and it norms very quickly. The staff see this as normal. They don't particularly talk about this. It's not a thing. And I think that is how it should be. This is just a hygiene factor in the agency that we submit our figures to it. But also the sum bit, it is something that people want to know about. It is something that people want to talk about. Clients, it's important to clients. They want to know more about it. It is a source of pride somewhere in the business that we are transparent. And whilst I don't necessarily draw the two things together, a third of our staff, I haven't done the figures for this year yet. I'm one of those latecomers, John, so I'm not going to be doing them for a couple of weeks. But just sort of anecdotally, about a third of our staff are from black and ethnic minority backgrounds. And that must be a connection, right? There must be a connection to people seeing a place where they can thrive and be treated well and treated fairly and us doing things like this and us having a representative staff base. So there must be, that would be the sum bit, I would say. But overall, actually, it's just a hygiene thing that we should be doing and we're pleased to be doing. Yeah, great. And finally, what would you say to agencies that are perhaps wary of taking part or otherwise apathetic about it? What what would be your message to them? A lot of people that enter it have strong feelings on those that don't enter it. And I guess I do a bit. I do think the industry needs to look at itself a little bit. And I put it in these terms, and you will know these numbers because you preside over the PR Week 150 and you preside over this study. You will know the discrepancy in numbers. But I would estimate north of 200 agencies send their figures in for the PR Week 150. That's true, yeah. And you can tell about 10% of those agencies submit their figures for the pay gap study. I think we should really think about that because you can't just hold yourselves accountable when you've got something positive to say. You have to hold yourselves accountable for everything. And I don't feel comfortable when we are judged in consultancy awards against agencies that don't publish their figures. And I don't feel comfortable when we're on PR Week 150 up against agencies that don't submit their figures. So we love being judged in this industry (laughs) by our peers, but you should be judged for everything, really. And so I think you should do it. That said, I would say to people, don't be scared. I don't castigate people for or having just castigate them a bit. But you know what I mean? I understand the reasons why people might not do it, but... I would say just do it. Just take a deep breath and do it. I understand the pressures. I understand there might be MDs of agencies or founders of agencies that want to do it, but maybe other people in the business are stopping them from doing it. I get that. 
I would say don't be scared. It's not so bad even when your figures are not good because I think people are scared of publishing their figures and then being bad and then being cancelled. But the point is that's the first step in the process. Publish your figures. If you have a problem, it will set, you can say we have a problem and this is what we want to do to fix it. Like don't be scared of it. This is the first stage on it. And really there's a really supportive group of people that are around the kind of network of agencies who do it. And honestly, I, I don't speak for everyone, but I just want more agencies to do it, good, bad, and ugly, because even the ones that need a lot of work, if your figures need a lot of work, that is a really positive first step. And if I can help anyone, if anyone wants to contact me confidentially about how we did it, and I spent ages and ages the first year we did it worrying about it, worrying how it would go down, worrying what our staff would look and think and say. But if anybody wants to know about any of that, I'm more than happy to help anyone because this really is a case of the more the merrier. Brilliant. That's really helpful. David, thank you so much for joining us and catch up soon. Cheers, John. Thanks, John and David, for that. Just a reminder that the deadline to provide your data is the 17th of August and all the details on the Pay Gap project can be found on prweek.com. Let's move on now. In recent months, I think it's fair to say that it's been very challenging for comms agencies since the COVID-19 crisis, but consumer PR arguably has had a more difficult time than most and the downturn in consumer spend you know in the light of the ongoing cost of living crisis has certainly had an impact and looking at our data we saw it last year of the 10 agencies in PR Weeks UK top 150 consultancies table those that the revenue had decreased in 2022 six were consumer specialists and the rest had significant consumer offers so what do you guys both think so I think consumer PRs have had an arguably difficult time. There's a downturn in spending, which means there are tighter budgets, but that's due to the economic crisis and all the ongoing world events. I think in the world of agency work, change and adaptation is key just to stay relevant and make sure you keep new clients interested. I also think consumer-focused agencies need to evolve as well in order to meet those needs. I mean, I agree with you there. I think as well, consumer PR has also traditionally been less profitable maybe than corporate or financial or maybe healthcare sectors. So it's maybe leaving consumer shops more vulnerable in a downturn. I know from the data that we've seen when we've looked at, say, the UK top 150, if you look at the average pre-tax profit margin for some of the 10 biggest consumer-only agencies or the ones that provided the figures, it was 16.1% whilst the overall average was 19.2%. So there is a difference. I think in today's landscapes, clients no longer want to manage 20 agencies. I remember when we were doing our in-house projects back in April, I spoke to Virgin Atlantic's Comboss, who basically said that they have a few specialist agencies that they're able to speak to. But I think it's also important to have a strong experience in consumer PR, but remain consistent. Specialist agencies also seem to thrive, but that's if they have a specific niche or an area of expertise. I also feel like pure consumer agencies should be willing to adjust because there are always new opportunities, there are new services, and these will also bring in new business for clients. Yeah. I mean, do you think as well maybe that it depends on the clients as well. Could that be offering a bit more security? I think so. I feel like clients now want a full package where they want people to be creative, be good with like campaigns, but also have a corporate background just in case. 
Yeah, the, I mean, there are a lot of consumer agencies sort of delving more into the corporate comms world now. I mean, we saw, was it last week, the Romans officially opened their corporate comms division led by Sam Hodges, who's former BBC, Twitter, Netflix, corporate comms chief. So mm. they're obviously in a good position to diversify their offering in that way. I know that Tin Man does some corporate comms as well. They say that they don't label themselves as just a consumer agency because they've always recognised that they do more than that. So I think there are ways for consumer agencies to diversify their work and thrive that way. Mm. And Tim Man is a good example as well. Would you say then that maybe also the agencies are moving beyond? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. PR, as well as the consumer in recent times, maybe into Adland. Yeah, we've definitely seen that as well. I mean, in the piece that John wrote, he spoke to Peter Mount Stevens at Taylor Herring and he said, there are no prizes for staying in your PR lane. And I think he's <laughs> right. I mean, if you can operate in the advertising world and do it well as a PR agency, then why not? It's obviously another another revenue stream. Yeah, absolutely. But I do wonder what is more successful, sort of consumer agencies going into corporate comms or consumer agencies going into above the line campaigns because I think they seem to be the two main ways that agencies are expanding at the moment. Mm. I think consumer focused agencies from what we're sort of saying is they need to adapt and to look at the business as opportunities and maybe launch new offers which is what we've definitely been seeing. There's definitely been a growing demand from our news stories that we've written in the last couple of months. I mean, we've had examples like Red Havas launched a new global influencer marketing offer, a Mischief's new partnership division. So I think the demand for solid consumer PR experience is not going anywhere. Would you agree? Mm. I would agree. Moving on. This week, we're launching the latest version of PR Week's Top 150 Monthly Trading Tracker, which for those that aren't aware, is a trading tracker. So it asks UK agencies from the Top 150 database about trading in the past month. For the July tracker, we have asked UK PR agencies if they've altered their fee structures as costs rise. One of the headline figures for July is that broadly fees are unchanged. I recommend listeners do take a really good look at the data because it suggests agencies are still having problems with fees. So what did you guys think of this when you read this? I feel like it shows a real wariness about increasing fees due to the current economic climate. Clients aren't spending enough money and that translates into agencies not being able to increase their fees because if an agency was to say oh we'll do this for a little bit more the client might say no we'll go somewhere else Mm -hmm. yeah I think agencies are definitely trying to keep 
clients happy. It's reflected in the figures. Just over one in three agencies say they haven't increased their fees at all this year. Yeah. Which, I mean, in a world where the cost of everything else is increasing, it does seem a bit like PR agencies are losing out and sort of clients are getting really good value. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit worrying, really, because there's a slight thing of maybe not valuing the work there as well with that. You know, things have gone up. I'm surprised they haven't change their fees accordingly because it'll be hitting the agencies hard as well definitely yeah yeah. I think PR's always had a bit of a problem trying to prove its worth and in times like a pandemic there's always that kind of it's showing its value but now it's almost to the other end where agencies aren't getting paid enough for the work that they're doing and clients maybe aren't appreciating that value anymore absolutely I think I personally was quite surprised at those results when they came in I don't know about you guys Mm. We should preface, this isn't all agencies in the UK, but some have definitely been affected by the cost of living crisis. And the questionnaire, it asks quite a lot of questions, which is a really good source of data. But questionnaire also asked if trading based on revenue was better or worse than expectations in July. And the findings point to an improving picture over recent months, with around 46.9% of agencies saying trading was better than expected, which the results then up also on June and May, which is, is promising for the sector. There was also a drop in the proportion of agencies saying trading was worse. So it would appear that pessimism is waning. I feel like right now people are being really hopeful within the industry Mm because although things are a little bit tough now, they won't always be tough. Think about trading back in the pandemic when things were a little bit harder than they are now. Mm -hmm. There is always a bounce back rate and I'm really positive that the industry will be able to recover from this. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say the same. I think although it might not be ideal at the moment, people are sort of finding ways to thrive where they can and Yeah, like you say, I think the industry is quite hopeful for the future, certainly for sort of next year. This year maybe hasn't been as great as a lot of people hoped, but Mm. I think that just reflects the general climate. Yeah, there are real challenges out there. And obviously there's no sense that we're out of the woods yet, but this glimmer of hope out there. So we'll hold on to that. PR Week's Top 150 Monthly Trading Tracker is going live this week and it includes some really insightful data from UK agencies from the Top 150 database on key topics like the ones we've discussed, but also on things like redundancy. So we would urge you to visit prweek.com and take a look. On to a more positive note now. (laughs) PR Week UK's awards shortlist was recently announced. (laughs) Woohoo! And agencies have been sweeping the categories. So we had Taylor Herring, which had the most nominations in 2023 with 15 nominations. W Communications and Hope and Glory came in equally at 12. The Romans had 10. MHP Group, Mischief and Golin both had nine. I must add a disclaimer here. We don't know the winners, but let's discuss some of the shortlisted campaigns. Evie, what was your favourite campaign in the shortlist? Well, I mean, I have to say I can tell why Taylor Herring have done well. I feel like they often demonstrate that campaigns don't need to be overly complicated to be really successful and grab headlines. One of theirs that was nominated that I really liked was their Escape the UK package for EasyJet. Mm -hmm. It was purely based on the fact that they'd worked out that you could buy a 28-day winter holiday in a hot country for less than it would cost to pay your bills during the winter. So they basically just created that and ran with it and it got loads of headlines, as you can imagine, because who doesn't want to spend winter (laughs) in a sunny country for cheaper than just 
living at home. Yeah, no, I agree. When I saw it was in the list, I could understand. It was, I feel it was slightly a bit of a risky one for Taylor Herring, ever so slightly, because it could have backfired on them for that. But like you say, they did it so well that it didn't. That it was like, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you want to go abroad to Turkey or somewhere hot rather than stay and put your heating on? Definitely, yeah. Any others? Well, yeah, I think generally there's a real mix of fun and purposeful campaigns this year. I do like all the fun ones. I think they're needed for some lighthearted escapism from the more serious issues that a lot of the purposeful ones address in our society, like women's rights, climate change. So I think there's quite a nice balance, really. Of the more lighthearted ones, a couple of my favourites were In Liz We Trust by Cow, (laughs) which is an 8-bit video game where Liz Trust steals coins from British homes and delivers them to the City of London. (laughs) That's a fun one. Also, there was a campaign by W Communications and Adam and Eve, DDB for Marmite, called Love or Hate, The Unborn Baby Edition, where they got expectant mothers to eat Marmite and measured the baby's reaction to find out whether their unborn child would be a Marmite lover or hater. Excellent. Yeah, those kind of things where you're just like, how did they come up with that? But it worked so well. Those are the ones that I always enjoy. And also being in the room for the brainstorming on that, for the thinking up of the concept. Like, (laughs) I think that would, uh, I'd always like to be on a fly on the wall for one of those. Mm. I quite like In Liz We Trust because it reminds me of Robin Hood in a way. And (laughs) Stealing from the rich to give to the poor. (laughs) Yes, I really like that message. What about you then, Eliza? What were some of your favourites? I know I've heard quite a lot of people in the industry talk about this one, but the last photo for Calm, made by Hope and Glory, it was simple yet effective. So in case you don't know, it was an installation of 50 smiling portraits around South Bank. And a few days after the installation went up, this morning basically explained the reason behind it and it was a suicide prevention campaign so at first glance you don't really look at these smiling happy people and think there's anything wrong with them but the point that they made was suicide doesn't always look suicidal and I feel like it opened up a really good conversation for the British public as a whole I think other people took part in the campaign in smaller ways where they posted pictures of their loved ones and put them on benches not in South Bank but in their hometowns and I think it's important to break the stigma around suicide because it's really important that we get more people asking for help and more people staying alive. Mm. And it created a conversation as you say some of the pictures as well were some of the last pictures that were taken so there was some real heartfelt and purpose behind the campaign. Mm -hmm. You got to see family members, friends, loved ones And although they looked really happy, they were going through things that we can't imagine. And I think it's really important to emphasise that and show people that, okay, although you have bad days, there are people still here for you and they care about you. So that was one that I was really excited to see on the shortlist. Mm -hmm. Another one, which was quite purposeful as well, was the Dove, Turn Your Back on Bold Glamour by Ogilvy and David Madrid. I'm not sure if anyone knows, I'm an avid TikTok user, so this may be just me, (laughs) but TikTok introduced this filter called Bold Glamour and Bold Glamour essentially distorts your face and makes you unrecognisable. And I thought this was an important campaign because it protects the more vulnerable people, people with low self-esteem. And I think 
because it was influencer led, it felt very organic. It felt very authentic. It was like, turn your back away from this filter that does a lot to someone's mental health if not watched out for or checked on. And Mm -hmm. I think looking at young girls in particular and women's confidences, I think it was really nice to say, resist this filter. You are perfect the way you are. Okay, well, tickets are now on sale for the PR Week UK Awards Ceremony, which takes place on the 18th of October at the JW Marriott Grosvenor House in London. Visit PRWeekAwards.com for more information. Okay, that's all for this episode. Noise and Brief goes live every two weeks. In the meantime, look out for our Beyond the Noise podcast next week. Thanks to Evie and Eliza, and thanks to you for listening. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.